Hasn't worship been amazing this morning? Oh my goodness. I, uh, I love worship for so many reasons. But when we sing those songs, right, it's not for ourselves, it's to the Lord, right? We're worshiping the Lord. And I just had this visual image of heaven as we were singing and how the heavens are rejoicing with us. And God hears our songs and God hears and feels our worship towards him. And I just pray that you felt that as well this morning. We are starting a new sermon series called Margin, right? Margin. And there's a couple uh, different things that come to mind uh, when we think of the word uh, margin. I looked up some definitions. Uh, The first one is space around a printed or written page. It's the amount allowed available uh, of what is expected. We allow margin for error, right? Uh, There's a border, there's an edge, uh, we have margins on paper. And and then again, we use that word in a variety of ways, and some can be good, right? Sometimes margin can be a good thing, Uh, sometimes it can be uh, a bad thing, uh, depending upon um, what it is that we are uh, talking about. Uh, Some of us Uh, in this space have been affected by uh, cancer, either ourselves or we know someone else. And when the biopsies happen, uh, there are tissue samples that are taken, and we always want to hear the word, the margins are good. The margins are good, the margins are clear. And then uh, we have our monthly budgets right at home. And when we get down to the end, right after we have, you know, paid all the bills, it's like how much margin do we have uh, left uh, to spend or to save or whatever that looks like. Uh, One of the things that I think of most often uh, with margin is a typewriter. How many of you learned how to type on a typewriter? Okay, I'm eight. Okay, good. I'm in good company. Thank you. Um, And I remember typing class so vividly in uh, high school. And we'd have to set the margins manually, right? You with me on the typewriter? And, um, you know, now we just set it on the computer, which is so much easier. And I hated that typing class, right? I don't know if anybody else liked typing, but I hated typing class. And I thought to myself, that's okay. I don't have to do okay in this. I got a D. I'm just going to confess right now. I got it. Who gets a D in typing? But I got a D in typing. Thank you. I'm not alone. Thank you. Um, But I'm like, that's okay. You know, I'm not ever going to need this skill in my life. I spent almost all day on a keyboard. Yeah. Margins, margins. Some of us have little to no margin in our schedules, and our calendars are so full uh, that we are busy from sun up to sun down. You know, as I look at the scriptures and as I read through uh, stories uh, in the Bible, Jesus, he was busy. Jesus was busy. I mean, he was on the go. He was all over the place. He was teaching. He was preaching, healing, traveling, uh, town to town. But he made time to uh, stop and talk to people, right? We always hear these, these, uh, these, these moments where he's on the streets and he stops uh, to talk to people and to uh, pray for people. And I want to share a scripture with you. It's, it's Mark 1.35. Hear these words. And, and this morning, uh, this particular verse is coming from the Passion Translation. Uh, it says, The next morning Jesus got up long before daylight, left the house while it was dark, and he made his way to a secluded place and gave himself to prayer. Gave himself to prayer. You see, whether they realized it or not, Jesus was always teaching his disciples, whether it was through words or actions. I would imagine that the disciples, they were task-oriented too, right? That's just kind of how we're wired. Some of us are task-oriented. And they had their to-do list. And the disciples, they listened to Jesus, and they watched his every move. And Jesus, he often retreated uh, for times to pray, and he modeled for the disciples how to make room for margin, 
how to make room for margin, and to set aside time each day to abide with the Father, to abide with the Father. Rest and work, rest and work. We've talked about uh, this before. God designed us that our work would be fueled from our rest and our abiding. Uh, John Wesley's uh, mother, Susanna, uh, she, she gave birth to 19 children. Okay, oh my goodness. Um, but because of the times back then, only 10 survived. So she raised 10 children. And let's face it, right, those of you who have children, there was no place to go in that house that you could get away from 10 children, right? That they wouldn't find you. And, and so it is said that during her quiet prayer time <clears throat> and her abiding time with God, that, that she would put her apron over her face. You know, she would sit and she would put her apron over her face. And uh, that was the signal to the kids that this was her quiet and abiding and rest time with the Lord. And they knew that when that apron was up over her face, you don't bother mama, right? They knew what uh, she was doing. And she had a tremendous spiritual influence on both John and Charles Wesley, uh, founders of the United Methodist Movement. She modeled for them, right? When that apron went up, she modeled for them what it was like to have that, that quiet time, that resting time, that abiding time with our Heavenly Father. <clears throat> you see, our, our culture, it fuels and rewards busyness. It does. It fuels and it rewards busyness. We think that uh, the busier we are, the better it is. But that was never God's plan. That may be a relief to some of you this morning. That was never God's plan. I have found myself in years past, uh, you know how we are. People say, oh, how are you, how are you? And sometimes my response would be, I'm busy, right? And we have moments uh, where we're busy. But being busy all the time is exhausting. It is exhausting. So in the past 18 months, I have uh, taken intentional time. I have created margin in my day, if you will, to rest and abide with the Father God. Um, I think that, that we may have an image up there, I'm not sure, um, of what, what this looks like. I think Terry might be trying to work on that. But just this, this image, and I've shared it before. It's, uh, here it is, uh, the semicircle, right? That, that we, we have this time of rest and abiding with, 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 with Christ, and then we have this time that we uh, have the ability to be um, uh, able to work and to be fruitful. And, and we grow in that quiet time, right? We hear his voice. And then pruning happens. What do we need to take out of our schedule? What do we need to take out um, so that way we can fully be alive in Jesus. Um, I have found that resting and biting has been fruitful for me in the past several months, and I find myself wanting more and more, right? Once you get a taste of that, you want more and more. And God wants more for each and every one of you as well. You see, we're a part of God's family, created for relationships in the Trinity. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You, you'll notice uh, when we said the Lord's Prayer, we always started out with what? Our Father, right? It's a family. It is a family, our identity, our identity. We talked about that last week. Some of you were here last week, and we talked about uh, our identity. Uh, our identity is wrapped up in God. We are made in his image. Uh, some of you have the opportunity, right? Some of you have the opportunity today, the permission to reset your margins, to reset your margins, that you're making more time for resting and abiding with the Father. It's foundational to our faith, and it's where we grow, and we're fueled to do the work that he has called us to do. I want to share two different metaphors with this image. 
Uh, the first one is this idea of a swing. And these two metaphors that I'm going to share with you, um, I have been in group time talking with others um, about these different shapes. And it's the image of the swing, right? How many of us remember swinging as a little kid, right? We all were swinging on the swing. And so what do you do in order to be able to, to get your momentum to swing, right, to go high and to go back and forth, is you have to back up. You have to back up in order to get um, your, your, your um, what do I want to say, get the wind behind you, right? Yeah, you, to be able to swing. So you got to get the rest. you got to go back to the rest in order to be able to um, go forward. And then I like to drink wine. That's just a confession this morning. Um, and so, you know, if you think about wine, when wine is made, you just don't instantly drink it, right? It takes time for it to ferment and for it to get its flavor. So that wine, it has to rest in order for it to be fruitful. Anybody? Anybody? I've got this great image next. Jesus is probably saying, I cannot believe that Julie is up there talking about wine and worship. But you're getting the idea, right, of, of resting and abiding with the Father so that way we can be fueled to do what he uh, needs us to do, to do his work. Hear these words from uh, Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go in your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, will reward you. One of the many ways that, that we know Jesus is through our prayer time, through our quiet time, I believe through worship, the words that we sing uh, in our minds and opening ourselves to hearing him. And uh, I have been learning about uh, posturing myself in my prayer time. And it's a different kind of prayer time. It's positioning ourselves from, um, from moving from heaven to earth, or from earth to heaven, right? Because we pray in this moment, okay, God, I'm down here on earth, and I'm praying to you in heaven. But how our prayer life could be different if we pray from heaven to earth, if we pray from heaven to earth, to see what God sees, to see what God sees. Uh, in my prayer time, um, I will often reflect on a scripture and, and place myself in that scene, if you will. Uh, one of my favorite places to go to is uh, Mary and Martha, right? And we know the story of Mary and Mar Martha, how uh, Martha, you know, busy, 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 and Mary would just sit at the feet of Jesus. And in my prayer time and in my quiet time, I will sometimes uh, visualize that I am sitting at the feet of Jesus, and I am hanging on to his every word, and I'm positioned to receive what it is that he has for me. Or sometimes uh, the woman at the well, right? The woman at the well, where Jesus stops and, and uh, he offers her a drink, but of the living water. And he, uh, in the course of their conversation, points out to her all of the things that have been going on in her life, some of them not so good, right? And so those moments where I'm sitting with Jesus at the well and I'm telling him, God, you know, this is all the things that I've done wrong. You know, can you forgive me for the things uh, that I've done wrong? And, and Jesus, I hear him saying to me, um, I, I know, I know what you've done, right? Just like he told the Samaritan woman, and I love you and I forgive you. And I place myself in that secret place, again, in the places of Scripture. Uh, this morning was the Temple Mount, and I just, it was so fitting with, with the worship that we had today. And, and the pilgrims, would, they would journey to uh, the temple in Jerusalem uh, for um, the different festivals. They would, they would have the Psalms of Ascent, and it was the songs that they would sing as they would go up the steps. And I just visualized that this morning as we were worshiping. We were making our way up those steps to worship Almighty God, and God heard every single song, every single word that we sang this morning. And he's pleased and, and sends his presence to be with us this morning as we worship him, Almighty God.
So we've got a, a new vision here at Faith Community. It's, it's knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And there's going to be more uh, to come as we enter into this year. But I want to begin to talk about it, right? Knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. I've got another image I want to show you, and it's similar to uh, the first image, this idea of abiding uh, and growing and then fruitfulness. So to, to know Jesus, right, knowing Jesus. We know Jesus when we take the time to abide, right? Are you taking the time to abide to know Jesus? And growth happens out of that. And then making Jesus known, we come out the other end of that, of fruitfulness, making him known, sharing uh, who Jesus is to each and every one of us. It's this pattern that God has created us for, to rest and to work, to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Here are these words from John 15, 4 from the uh, NIV. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We've got to abide with our Father. You see, our relationship with the Father changes when we pray for heaven to come down to touch earth, to impart gifts to us, for supernatural healing, for miracles to happen, to hear his voice and to see him in our circumstances. I don't know how many of you, if you could just raise your hand, how many were in here last week or got to hear that message or watched it? Okay, so we talked about identity, and we had this time, sweet time of prayer, where we opened up our hearts and our minds to invite God in. And I have absolutely loved every minute of hearing the words that God gave some of you in the scriptures um, that he has put upon your heart. It's this idea of, of having heaven come down to earth, right? Heaven, heaven come down. We, we call Jesus to come down in this moment to dwell with us to dwell with us. I uh, also shared last week, I've uh, been reading this book, it's called uh, Called to Rain, and, and there's this illustration in the book that I want to share with you this morning. You're probably like, finally, she's going to get to, why do we have these three uh, chairs up here, a stool and two chairs, right? You're about to find out. You're about to find out. So we have uh, chair one, okay, chair one. This is our throne, and you can see that uh, there's purple uh, on this chair for royalty, and there's a crown. So the first chair again, is a throne. We are rooted in our identity as a son or a daughter of the Most High when we sit in this chair. We are rooted in our identity as a son or a daughter of the Most High when we sit on the throne. And, and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you experience God's grace without having to perform or try to please Him, right? I, I read something this morning, you can't earn your way to heaven, just so you know. You can't earn your way to heaven. So you experience God's grace without having to perform or try to please him. And as you sit in this chair, you experience acceptance and rest in God. It's a beautiful place to be. And you hear the Father's voice, and you know and you trust that he's going to guide you. And you aren't just trying to get to heaven from earth, but you want to bring heaven to earth. And, and uh, we remember in our prayer time, again, in our perspective and a manner to seek God. Hear these words from Psalm 91.1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, beautiful. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then Ephesians 2.6. And God raises us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. We sit with Jesus in heavenly 
realms, heavenly realms. And then we have chair two. We've got this recliner. I feel like the price is right, you know. We, this is, and now we have this. So we have this recliner right in the middle. This is chair two. And it's the kingdom of self, the kingdom of self. And in, in uh, sitting in this chair, you have a tendency to live for God than rather than living from God. There's a difference there. You tend to live for God rather than from God. And, and we've all sat in this chair, and some of us still do. You put pressure on yourself to perform because it's what you do that makes you who you are. You're trying to believe the right way in order to behave the right way in order to belong. You're trying to become something because you've forgotten your identity. Worship uh, is about whether or not you like the music, whether or not you like the sermon. Uh, it becomes a critique, right? And the focus is on our satisfaction and not on worshiping God. See, we come to worship, to, to worship and to praise our Lord. Hear these words from Mark 8:34. And then he called the crowd to him, uh, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And then we have chair three. It's a simple, unsupportive, uh, kind of crooked stool. And this represents the lost living in a world without Jesus. People who are looking for love and security and value and significance and purpose, but not really finding it. These things can be found, can't be found in, can't be found in money. They can't be found in accomplishments. They can't be found in job titles. Whatever people serve, that's what they will worship. Whatever people serve, that is what they will worship. Hear these words from John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When I think of this illustration, musical chairs comes to mind. I'm sure many of you played musical chairs uh, as children. And as the music starts to play, um, we, we have uh, this awareness of the world, and we realize uh, that there are many chairs um, that we're going to sit on in uh, different points of our lives. And, and we know that when the music stops, what happens when the music stops, right? You have to land on a chair, right? And you're kind of doing the boot scoot, trying to make sure you get a chair. And, and we're pushing, trying to claim our seat. And when I think of this illustration of these three chairs, uh, especially of, of chairs one and two, uh, that sometimes when we land, we're half on one seat and half on the other, right? You know what I'm talking about? But by the grace of God, the music continues. The music continues to play. And we have the opportunity to change seats and to move closer until we're sitting in chair one. We are called to reign. We are called to reign. So you are here today for a reason. You are here today for a reason. And a question for you to ponder to yourself. Do you know about God or do you know God? There's a difference. What chair do you sit in? What chair do you sit in? And what chair do you want to sit in? You have a heavenly father, creator of heaven and earth, and he wants you to uh, not just know about him, but to know him and to know his son, Jesus. He's made a tremendous sacrifice for you and me. 
and the amazing person of the Holy Spirit who is always there to whisper in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. He, he brings this heat that will light up uh, the inside of you and fill you with the power of Jesus. Again, you've come here today. And this message is for someone here today. Maybe you or someone near you. Maybe someone in your life. He's come to draw near to you. Won't you draw near to him? You see, God created us for relationship with him and each other. And this happens in our abiding and, and resting in him, in our community time when we're in fellowship with other believers. So how are you going to create margin in your life for God? Know that he is waiting for you. Let us pray. Father, we come before you and we take just a moment of silence just to reflect on your word this morning. to invite you into our thoughts, our minds, our spirits. God, I pray that you would just speak to us in this moment, that you would fine-tune our senses. God, I thank you that you are kingdom is here with us on earth just as it is in heaven let us not miss out of this opportunity that we have to do life with you and God I pray that that we have this awareness of the influence that we have with those around us that just as the disciples watched Jesus there are others that are watching us and we have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with others God I pray for these three chairs we know where we sit one two or three some of us are half on one half on another but we thank you that the music continues to play as we worship and praise you and that we find ourselves sitting on the throne called to reign with you. We thank you for this sweet time. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.